This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I'm here with Christopher Albert from Warrior Soul. Hey, Chris, how are you today? Doing well. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing well. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a great day today here. Um, yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background? Yeah, I've kind of been all over the place. I, uh, I grew up in Connecticut and um, ended up joining the Marine Corps uh, Reserve when I was 19 years old. And I was going to school at the University of Connecticut at the time. And after I graduated, 9-11 happened and got activated, got deployed. And I loved being on deployment. I loved getting deployed, you know, served in Iraq in 2003. Didn't have that rough of a time. I ended up getting out after my deployment and coming back. And what happened was I... uh, basically thought the war was over because I came back the day that Saddam Hussein was captured and ended up leaving the Marine Corps. My, uh, my unit got sent back a couple of years later and they ended up having a much worse time uh, in Fallujah. So during that time period, I kind of was dealing with a lot of, I guess you could say survivor's guilt because I'd lost friends. I'd lost, um, uh, I was really down on myself for, for not going back put it all into the bottom of a bottle and um, was kind of masking my life over with other things. So I, I ended up going to graduate school, went to a PhD program out at UC Santa Barbara and um, was kind of hiding out there for a while for a few years until, you know, I realized it really wasn't what I wanted to do. And I ended up leaving and opening up my own gym in Southern California called Metroflex Gym Long Beach. Mm. And that business, today it's one of the most famous gyms in the world, right? So it's a gym where C.T. Fletcher and Mike Rashid came out of, but I couldn't afford to own it at the time. So I ended up going through a divorce. I had gotten married very stupidly. I ended up losing everything, losing my shares in the gym, uh, ended up living out of my car and was homeless for a while. And then um, that's when I ended up getting into online business. A friend of mine gave me a computer, said, listen, I know you're in a bad state right now, but you know, you're really talented at uh, training people and, and nutrition. And uh, I started doing YouTube videos about nutrition and fitness and things like that. Kind of took off. I started getting clients from around the world. And that was my first foray into online business and eventually earned enough money to, to get out of my car and rent a room. And I was working out of the rented room and still going to the gym and, and um, taking clients there. And then eventually that business took off to a point where I could bootstrap another business. And that was Warrior Soul. And the whole point of Warrior Soul was that, you know, I noticed all this new media coming out. And I noticed that there was a lot of issues going on with veterans and I wanted to do something for them. So 
the idea was to give tools, tactics, ideas, and strategies to U.S. military veterans to help them to live their best lives. And so it started as a clothing company. We, uh, we worked through media platforms on YouTube. We started a podcast. And then um, eventually what happened was uh, I'd, I'd grown a big knowledge about how to run a coaching business online how to, to do marketing on social media, how to uh, bootstrap a business. And uh, that's when I had gotten invited to become a lead instructor at the London Real Academy. And so I ran the London Real Academy's programs for about three years, taught their business accelerator course while I was running my own businesses. And then later in 2018, I left London Real and I decided to, to kind of go out on my own as a, a, a business coach. And so we're kind of remedying a lot of the bad things you see out there in the industry right now when it comes to uh, business advice for coaches. And that's through the warriorbusinessacademy.com. I know that's a lot and yeah. uh, can try to sort through it all that. But No, no it's perfect. Yeah, so I, I just have to want to talk about some, some points that I think you mentioned earlier. And I think this is something really important for new founders and new entrepreneurs. Can you talk to us about that experience when you opened up, I guess, essentially your first business, which was that gym and then sort of the loss of the shares or loss of the company. Was it something with like a contract or deal that you didn't know about? This is something that we've seen new entrepreneurs not really get right the first time. Yeah. The, the problem was a really bad operating agreement, a really bad operating agreement that didn't go in my favor whatsoever combined with um, the legal aspects of my divorce. So I ended up, you know, like I said, I had to surrender my shares. I'm, all, I'm embarrassed at this, but surrendered them for about $10. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and, and lo literally lost everything. So, yeah. yeah, I think this is an important lesson. Like if any business or anything that happens in life, you want to have good operating agreements or just good contracts in place. And I think in the beginning, um, it's usually like the excitement, the thrill of starting something new that you're just like, Oh, you'll figure it out later. And then when yeah. that figure out later, yeah, it's, you want to hash that out earlier rather than later. Otherwise you, you could find yourself working for years. And I'm talking, I literally poured like 18 hours a day into that place, put my life on the line for it. And it all came crashing down. Yeah, I think it's a great lesson there. And then, so I want to go um, to your next business. You know, how old were you when you started those YouTube sort of videos, those online sort of fitness stuff that your friend kind of introduced you? What's sort of like the timeline there? Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty old man. So I'm turning 40 this year. I started when I was about 34. Okay. Right? So about 34 years old. And, um, you know, it's funny pretty, because... Pretty new, yeah. Okay. What was that? still pretty young then the whole like you're you're yeah. you're right into online marketing yeah it was it was interesting because you know i was born in 1979 and and when i was in high school the internet was just kind of becoming a thing but when i was in the marine corps um and and getting deployed and and then going to grad school and all that stuff like that i wasn't into like the whole facebook thing or or the whole social media thing and i kind of saw it as you know, it was this new trend. And then when I had opened up the gym, I was so focused on brick and mortar. And I noticed a lot of the, uh, the, the personalities who were coming in the gym and utilizing social media. And I was, I had this like hardcore attitude at the time. I'm like, look at these people with their Instagram and, and posting these pictures and things like that. It's so garbage. Well, you know, I didn't realize the value of it at the time. 
Um, but it was also kind of a sweet spot because at that time there were no algorithms, right? Yep. There was no, there was no Facebook restriction of your, of your feed or anything like that. And so I could post a YouTube video and it would go forever. Like it, it, people would share it, it would go around the world, all these different things. And it was awesome back then. And then um, I remember when they, they kind of turned the faucet off and it was, a, it was a big scramble to try to learn about Facebook marketing very quickly, right? Exactly. And I think there, like what's lessons for other entrepreneurs is when you see a platform that's really taking off and it's hot, you have to use it to the advantage that you have now because they're just going to do what exactly what they did with Facebook and Instagram where they just switch up the algorithm to favor them. And I'm not sure if you saw it, Chris, but like two days ago, Instagram just introduced like checkout on Instagram. So now like as an e-commerce store, such as your warrior solar apparel, Instagram is now not even allowing like businesses to even just leave the platform. They want to experience the whole checkout and buying process on the platform. So right. it's one of those things where the platforms just get so more powerful because guys like us and yourself, business owners are just feeding them so much data that they just like, Hey, like just give us all the data and then we'll do everything for you. And then uh, it sucks. It's good. It's good consumers, but it's ba bad for like business. Well, yeah. It's literally like you're tapped into the matrix, right? I mean, you, you, what we are is essentially fueling this massive matrix that is becoming more and more powerful all the time. And uh, I have to live in a place of gratitude with it because without any of those platforms, I would, I would not be here right? You wouldn't be talking to me. I wouldn't have a business. I'd be sitting, I'd probably be a landscaper right now, right? Which is nothing wrong with landscaping. I was a landscaper for a while um, when I was down and out and, and uh, it was a great job. I got a lot of sun, but it's also really hard work, right? But uh, I have to come from a place of gratitude for those platforms, but there is part of me that wishes Elon Musk would buy the whole thing and turn it off. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It, it's one of those things that it's necessary evil. Yeah. So, I mean, love social media, love social media marketing. And it's one of those things that you have to be thankful for it because like, like kind of what you just said, that's where my job is. Our job is just Facebook marketing. Um, right. Perfect. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your apparel company, sort of how that started, you know, how did that sort of come in into your business and, you know, how did you essentially first start growing that? Uh, that and then was that th sort of through the growth of your YouTube where you put links on YouTube say hey check out my gear check out my clothing stuff like that you know it was it was a lot of trial and error right because at first um, I just thought I was going to put t-shirts out there and, and, and everything was going to be all right right and I wanted them to be veteran oriented t-shirts and, and have this whole message of growth. And because we, for those of you who don't know out there, there's a really high suicide rate in the veteran community. And I knew that I couldn't open this up as a not-for-profit. There were just too many veteran not-for-profits out there. And I honestly wanted to, to show other veterans that entrepreneurship is something that they could do too. So I had a, a good friend from uh, my days at UC Santa Barbara who had run a, uh, a t-shirt company. And what we did was we created a, an in-house print on demand system where orders would come in, he'd print them out, and then there'd be a royalty coming back to Warrior Soul, right? Mm -hmm. With the marketing aspect of it though, even just focusing on veterans was too broad. So we had to go even more niche. And what I noticed out there was that there were 
companies that were centered around U.S. Army veterans. So like Grunt Style was a very popular company. Ranger Up is another very popular company. So we took the market in Marine Corps t-shirts and actually focusing on Marine culture and things like that. We had a a t-shirt dedicated to General Mattis, who eventually became Secretary of Defense Mattis. Uh, that did extremely well. We had a Bellow Wood, wood t-shirt that did really well. And, and so it was these specific t-shirts that that spoke to a specific culture that really did well out there and that stood out on social media. And so the lesson there is that in this world, you know, the way bi- the business environment is now, you have to have a niche. You have to have a niche. If you don't have a niche, you're going to blend into the background like everybody else. Yeah. And even exactly kind of what you said, the veteran, that's a niche, but then there needs to be a niche inside that niche just right. because it, it's niche. People think, I think the common exception that people think is that a niche is small, but there's the, there's huge niches for big things like, you know, knitting is a niche, but then there's just like certain types of knitters in that niche. Yeah. And the thing is, there's always an audience for it. A lot of people are afraid to go too narrow, but, you know, you take people who like knitting cat sweatshirts, yeah. right? There's, there's, probably at least, you know, 300, 400,000 people out there that like to do that. And you can make that into a market and you'll you'll do really well if you do. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and then one thing too, with people that sometimes get caught up is, Oh, what I want to become a bigger company, but that happens as time goes on. And then you can expand from that niche because you've learned the processes, you've learned the marketing. It's kind of like your business, Chris, where you did the apparel and now you're branching out and And learn the skills. Yep. It, yeah, and sorry for interrupting, but like you also have to remember that Facebook operates on a bid system, right? And so you have to choose who you're going to bid against as, as your competitors. And if you're bidding against Target, right, then they're going to outbid you every time, right? Outbid you, outspend you, do everything they can to, to, to keep you from getting represented on that feed. So, yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, especially what you said before, where it's like you need to spend money on marketing and these big companies are just spend tons of money. Um, right. And then can you talk a little bit about, you know, about your podcast and, and sort of, you know, how that sort of started and where that fits sort of in your overall, um, you know, essentially you have a few companies that you run. Um, is that like a thing that happened naturally because you were doing the YouTube stuff? It was complete, absolute ADD on my part. And what, I, what I've discovered now is like I'm focusing more and more on the few, not the many. And so uh, I pulled back on a lot of my fitness stuff. Um, I've only, I've only got a few fitness longtime clients that I advise and I don't consider that a business anymore. The podcast is, is a continued passion of mine. And it's just because I, I really think that it's our obligation in this time period to put good ideas out there into the world and to help the communities that we care about. And so the podcast is focused on delivering tools, tactics, ideas, and strategies to help veterans to excel in life, right? Everything from business to relationships, to social skills, to anything you can think of. Um, and, and we've had on experts, you know, Gary Tobbs, we've had on Ryan Mickler from Order of Man. We've had on a, a, a lot of really great guests, uh, Ronald Reagan's son, uh, Michael Reagan, we've had on, we've had on uh, Adam Kokesh, who's running for president. For the Libertarian Party. We've had on a whole host of different types of people. It's been an interesting ride with the podcast. I, I, I really enjoy doing it. Money-wise, podcasting is not the best way to go. Right? No. It does not make money. Right? I do have a sponsorship, but it helps to pay for 
the stuff as far as run, running a podcast. So that is not how Warrior Soul makes money. That's not how I make money. And if you're thinking about becoming rich, don't start a podcast because it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, podcasts don't make a ton of money. But yeah, yeah like you said, you, you got to sort of help out people. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of other probably veterans have reached out to you throughout your podcast, just emailing you, or even kind of, I think you watch, you just want to spread your message out about helping other veterans. Because I think I saw that you also, you know, really support uh, the end of veteran suicide. And that's something that you really deeply care about. You know, it's not even that early on, we said, this is not about ending veteran suicide. It's about getting all veterans to truly live, right? Mm -hmm. That's the message there. If we really want to end veteran suicide, it has to stop being, okay, you know, the 22 veterans a day committing suicide, and it needs to be the hundreds of veterans out there who are accelerating their lives and having an, an impact on this country. And I think that's, that's where we need to be. Yeah, perfect. And I think there's something here interesting. I think that you kind of, I think the overall thing for this is, Someone like yourself, like you were in the military and then you kind of now completely branched into this sort of online digital marketing world. And I think there's a message there for other people that says, after you do your duty of service, there is so much more out there that you can learn. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's such a good message for other people. It's like, and that's what I was asking about your, your timeline. I was like, at 34, you started it, but people think that once you're like 23, 24, like I have nothing to do anymore. Like my life is over, but it's sort of this state of learning and getting better that I think is the real lesson here. It's like, you want to get better. You want to learn more and you can, even if you don't know it, like what you said, you'll figure it out eventually. Well, this is going to be a controversial statement, but, but here's the thing. Don't, don't be in a rush to grow up and get old and sit on your ass. Right. And I don't know if I could say ass, but I said ass. Um, Don't be in a rush to grow up, you know, get out there, travel, be a bum for a while, right? Go see the world live out of your car, go see the national parks, maybe go out there and allow yourself to be cold, hungry, wet, and tired for a while, right? Then that'll give you some perspective on life. It'll also allow you to meet some, some really interesting and cool people, you Mm -hmm. know, do hard things, join the Marine Corps, join the military, uh, get out of the military and and try to start a business, but don't be so quick to, and, and, and if you truly want to, to live this life, you got to be able to live with a certain level of discomfort because it's not all flowers and roses on the entrepreneurial sphere of things. We make good money here, but I work, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. I'm constantly moving. I'm constantly on the go. And I don't feel like I've ever grown up, I guess you could say. So, yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah. Same. Like when you're, when you're constantly learning and, and experiencing new things, you don't ever feel like you're, you're growing up. Like even for me, like I'm, a few years younger than you, I think 10 years younger than you. I always feel like I, there's so much to learn and, and do things because that keeps me alive and exciting. And then I, I don't, I just love that constant state of, of learning and, and exploring and trying new things. And yeah, absolutely. Man. Okay. Perfect. And then sort of like for a business like yours, you have a few, like many, a few things that have, you're, you're working on. You know, what does your team look like from like when you first started to like what it is now? You know, one of the big mistakes I made early on was that I had this, this idea that it was always going to be me as a solopreneur and it was going to be me against the world. And that's something I have to really fight against because I want to do everything. Now, 
with Warrior Business, we have, I have a business partner named Virginia. She is a former attorney who's a very capable person who lives out in the Cayman Islands. She helps me with my coaching business and, and she's my partner in the coaching business. And, and so she's doing a lot of the back end stuff uh, and, and the front end stuff too. And, and we split all of these things, but she's constantly got to be like, all right, give me more to do. Give me more to do. Uh, because I'm the kind of guy who's, who's like, all right, I'm going to jump on this. I'm just going to get this done. But the, the reality is like, you, you need to try to split your work up. You need to find people. You need to get virtual assistance so that you can get that stuff out there. So while me and Virginia are focusing on the big stuff, we have to start thinking about who we're going to get to run our schedules and to help us with our editing. Right now, I'm at a point with my podcast where I really need to take a lot of the, the show notes and, and things like that and hire somebody to do those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really bad at distributing my work, but uh, it's something I'm working on and it's something I realize that I need to start doing. So, Yeah, I think it's in the beginning, I guess, I, I've heard it from a lot of entrepreneurs and a good book, I think, that I read about this. I'm not sure if you read it, Chris. It was E-Myth. Have you heard of that book? E-Myth? e No, no, I haven't read that one. It, it talks about a little bit like this where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of what you just described is they want to just take on everything, but to really focus on the business, to really grow it, you need to hire these people in place that are going to do this task for you after you set up a system or process. That way you can focus on the big picture stuff and continue to grow exactly. the business. Exactly. It's about building systems. You've got to build systems. And um, that's one of the things we focus on with warrior business too, is, is we try to teach coaches and, and consultants how to back off of a lot of that stuff and to start turning their business into a client generating machine. Yep, exactly. Okay, Chris. And then the last question I have for you is, are you looking to hire anybody for any positions for your company that maybe someone in the audience can help you out with? Yeah, I'm looking for a few different things. We're looking for a, a social media manager right now. We're looking for a copywriter we're looking for um, capable instructors. So if you know anything about digital marketing, if you know anything about Facebook ads, if you know anything about ClickFunnels or any of those platforms, you're interested in teaching others and connecting with people from around the world, hit me up at chris at warriorbusinessacademy.com. All right, perfect. Thanks so much, Chris. And where else can we go to learn more about you, your story, maybe your personal Instagram too, so the audience can go yeah. and yeah, I got a couple of websites. My media website for veterans is up at www.warriorsoulagogi.com. That's A-G-O-G-E. And then Warrior Business is up at www.warriorbusinessacademy.com. I got a YouTube channel. That's the Warrior Soul Agogi. That's uh, again, A-G-O-G-E. And I'm up on Instagram as Warrior Soul Agogi. Perfect. And thanks so much, Chris. And you also have a Facebook group too that others can go and connect with you on there as well. Absolutely. The Warrior Business uh, Facebook group and uh, uh, Warrior Soul Fitness Facebook group is up there too. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks so much, Chris. I really appreciate your time. I really had a great ch- time chatting with Thanks, you. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye. Kevin. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.